1: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com
2: for more shows like this one.
1: Today's show is sponsored by MileIQ. Stop wasting time manually tracking the miles you drive for work and stop losing money that you should be redeeming. Let MileIQ do the work for you. Download the MileIQ app for free and text Bad Christian to 31996 to start your 40-drive free trial and if you create an account this week you'll get 20% off an annual plan.
2: Today's show is also sponsored by Tracker. I'm kind of excited about this one. Make losing things a thing of the past. Pair Tracker to your smartphone, attach it to anything and find its precise location with a tap of a button. Go to thetracker.com right now and enter the promo code badchristian to receive 40% off your first Tracker device.
0: You are now entering the Bad Christian podcast.
2: What's up, geeks? Welcome to the podcast. This is Matt, and I got a good report for you. I just looked at our, uh, you know, analytics on our podcast thing here, and according to it, we are well over 4 million downloads that this podcast has had over the last year or two. Over 4 million downloads, which is insane. So thank you guys very much for that. If you're any of those downloads at all, if you make up any significant portion of them, then i got a suggestion for you maybe join the BC Club. And I don't just say that to get your money because I think you'll like it. I'm serious. I think you will get more enjoyment out of this podcast if you choose to pay for it and just pay money for it. You'll be in the BC Club. You'll get the perks. You can see that stuff on our website. And you'll be added to our Facebook group and be interactive with all the other people who do the same thing. It's a fun place. That's my recommendation for you. Additionally, I want to tell you about Audio Feed Festival. Audio Feed Festival is a festival in... Illinois and it's on July second, July fourth weekend essentially is when it is. This summer coming up. And at this festival, guess what? There's a bad Christian day. How cool is that? We got our own day at this festival in Illinois. And this is where Cornerstone Festival used to be. It's kind of the kind of like the new cornerstone. Bad Christian Day. Emery's playing with Devin. Matt and Toby and Devin are doing an acoustic set and Joey's gonna be there too. We're gonna do the Bad Christian podcast live. If you're from anywhere in the whole world you should come to especially if you you know, live in the Midwest I would, we'll start with those people and then other people you know, if you want to drive make a road trip get you a flight from Hong Kong come over you will for sure get to meet us we're going to say hey to everybody we'll be there all day or at least today I don't know maybe we'll camp out and hang out with everybody but go to badchristianday.com and buy your ticket again it's badchristianday.com if you go there and buy your ticket there and buy it now then we actually uh, get a uh, support we get a kickback we're, we have a, a deal with that so please buy your ticket through us we'd appreciate it it will help get us paid for our trip travel whatever we're gonna do out there uh, and as you know joey gets two seats on the plane so that makes it that you know it's more expensive that way also real quick zach Boland's album uh, is all done you've heard some music from it we're gonna be playing some more music and telling you more about him soon but the pre-order for his record 1001 starts Monday. So you can go to ZachBowland.com or just go to our website, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. But you can check out what he's got there, vinyl, we'll have some good stuff up there. Zach Bowland is going to be your new favorite record and the pre-order for it starts on Monday, ZachBowland.com. Alright, here we go. Three,
1: two, one, hit it! It's the Bad Christian Podcast. The Bad Christian Podcast. Podcast. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. I think we already did it, Joey.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> good. I mean, it was a little more harmonic than rhythmic uh, than usual, but that's okay. I, I enjoyed oh, it. Oh, thank you, man. I could car- find out where the, to- the the tune was going, you know, just there. That's a catchy melody when you can almost predict where it's going to go before ever having heard it. Well, thank you, Matt. I, uh, I was put in a good mood
1: because I'm literally eating one of my favorite treats, which is? sugar-free jello chocolate pudding Ooh, so good. y'all the, are y'all putting people it, it, pudding, i don't like pudding. this is a weird thing is yeah it, i like the uh pudding that you actually have to make not what you're, you're eating out of the container not, yeah mine's like, pre-made. Well, my mom yep. used to like do the, and i'm not talking about like home man i'm talking about the the mix yeah yeah, that, yeah. to me was mm-hmm. good man that, that is that, that, that much
2: different than this yeah I, weird. Maybe, maybe
1: my mom did something different you know. How,
2: do you know what i've been eating a lot of is the uh i'll go to the anti-pasta bar at safeway and just get olives and feta cheese and things like that for by the pound i mean right. you can snack on it all the time and it's super good and uh yeah obviously no sugar and stuff like that we've been uh collecting some recipes and gonna get ready and have the uh email list that i was talking about that i've mentioned before out anybody that wants to be on uh see what hayne and Toby and I are eating and sending Joey if he opens the emails on how to help him through his uh low carb high fat or ketogenic diet then you can email Matt Carter at badchristian.com and that's my email address I don't mind sharing it so or at least that, that one forwards to me but Matt Carter at badchristian.com and I'll add you to the little email list that we send around to each other uh it's invite only so I'll manually add you there and then we'll have a small little group of people that we you know share our ideas without yep. want to totally bombard everybody with it. But Joey, how are you doing? You lost any weight?
1: I'm doing well, and I regret to say that I I do not I do not want to go out and buy scales. But I think Toby could probably say that I've lost weight. I think I've lost weight. Feels like I've lost weight. I look in the mirror and it looks. Mm-hmm. Just like go I've lost to a weight. store and weigh yourself. There. It's not
2: all about the weight yeah. anyway. It's not. All, it's just about how do you feel and how's your your food cravings and how do you feel like your blood sugar is and your mental. Yeah, state. I definitely feel. Uh, I definitely feel
1: like. I have more energy, less of an appetite, and uh, I, I don't know if there's huge improvements in my emotional and mental stabi- stability, mm-hmm. but um, that's because I How are I was, your erections? My erections are yeah. great, and... They raging? Well, uh, on a scale, like, are they... Not hard. Are they medium hard? Are they very hard? Are they raging? It's like, raging. Like 1 o'clock like, or 3 yeah, o'clock. Yeah, what time on the clock would it be? <laughs> <laughs> what time on the clock, Joey? Like if my belly button is 12 o'clock, my penis is at 2. Right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. It's pretty good. Hey, but That's one thing good. I realized, you guys were giving me helpful hints about things that I could eat a lot of and enjoy. Oh. Like, man, you eat the steak and eat the fat and you know, get up in the morning, get bacon and all that stuff. I have found that uh, I can do this diet a lot better. I've just increased my porn intake.
2: Wow, yeah, oh, okay. that is helpful. That's but not it's just well, food related. Like, though, hey, make sure everybody heard you right. Somebody might have misunderstood you there. You you did not say increase your corn intake. No, I said porn. Whatever you do, I said do not <laughs> yeah, corn. <laughs> take more right. corn. I cannot sh- strongly warn you enough. Yeah. Corn, not okay. Yeah. Porn, if that corn helps, for whatever. your diet, okay. Corn is do not so do detrimental <laughs> to you and your marriage and everything. Corn kills. I mean, it's devastating. It is awful. The corn industry, everything. It's Absolutely. ruined
1: America. So many people are in
2: <laughs> bondage. bondage to corn. <laughs> yeah, and you're not literally advocating. I know you're just kidding about the porn, but that was a good little gag there. Thank you. That was buddy. so funny. Julie. <laughs> i the uh, but, uh i want my 300 you, you said your energy level yeah when is your 300 dollars? uh, uh when three do we, when three do you get weeks that?
1: from tomorrow wow
2: that's great so you're doing and you said your energy level is back as in you feel back to what it was you know it took you, a couple you jogging weeks to or get your
1: exercising back. uh definitely increasing over time but not not as much as i used to i mean i used to kill kill the exercising on a continual basis but uh, so yeah, I think it's a a good thing for sure. Something that people need to adhere to as far as lowering their sugar count. Here, here's the here's the thing that I'm a a bit uneasy about, and that is, I'm not the type of person just to completely like let myself go in all my meals and just splurge, 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 and all that stuff. But I do want to figure out how to enjoy sugars and carbs in moderation, and I think for me that moderation has to be way less than the average American because I, I'm not good at moderation. You guys know me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that it's I'm I'm not gonna avoid eating fruit and smoothies and a cookie here and there for the rest of my life. So I gotta figure out I gotta figure out how no, to get into it to. uh and, and not go all out pretty much.
2: Yeah, yeah that that's gonna be a hard thing but you gotta just really get yourself into the system. And and for me right now, something I've done this time that I've never done before is I don't go with these all out cheats. Like if I want to eat a cookie at some time. And when I say moderation, I mean, maybe on Friday night, I'll have a beer and eat, uh, take Bridget out when I ate ramen, uh, a fancy ramen restaurant and eat the noodles yeah. and stuff. And I just, I didn't think about it. I didn't count it. I didn't weigh myself the next day. It doesn't matter. And, and just cause that was the thing I really wanted to do that week. End of the week. I didn't also go home and get ice cream and say, Well, I've blown my ketosis, so now I'm going to get everything else too. And I just moved on with my work. That's cool. And I feel more positive about that than saying, I'm going to cheat two weeks. That's hard for me. Here we go. I
1: uh, I, I do the opposite of that, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. uh, Lately, I have been doing like a, a, you know, probably once a week, maybe, maybe not quite that much, but about a once a week uh, cheat day. And so, like, I'll see, whatever it was, like our Thursdays are Friday. So I was like, ooh, I'm gonna come home. I'm gonna drink some beer. Uh, called Jess, like, hey, what did you would you think about having pizza? She's like, Yeah, let's do pizza. And so I did pizza. And then I said, You know what would be awesome is if we got some ice cream for us and the kids too. So <laughs> I had beer, pizza, ice cream, uh, oh and God. then <laughs> we <Weed>. She left. <laughs> And uh went to this this conference thing or whatever that for the night and uh I ate a giant bowl of cereal
0: after
1: that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you and crash? I was, and I told myself, I was like, yeah, here's the thing, I love cereal so much, and I just thought, well, tomorrow I don't want to just eat a random bowl of cereal. I'm just gonna get it all in now and I be agree. done with it. So where I'm at, unlike Matt, is I don't know Matt has always been able to be this kind of skinny, uh self-regulating guy, right? Me, if I allow myself a cookie every few days or whatever it might be, or a bowl of uh, uh, cereal here and there, it'll just get more and more. So I literally have to say from this time to this time I can. And I think I still don't want to go that crazy. I kind of want to make it just one meal and not like later that night I eat, you know, whatever, but that's not, that's not good either. But my mind works just like yours though. If I would have eaten that ice cream, I would have been like, well, I I want to start off tomorrow fresh and hardcore. Right. <laughs> so I want my cereal now. Right. I might as well just put right. yeah, it what I all think, in. tomorrow and That's not right. That right. Saying, tomorrow, the next day when I still wanted cereal, I was able to go, nah, not going to do it because right. I, I set a hard line. So that mm-hmm. is the way I work. I, mean, I, I would love, no, that's I'd love fine. to be like I mean, you, but I can't.
2: That's all right. I mean, it's just a diff- everybody thinks of it different, but you have to figure out what works for you. It's not whatever. But I think part of the key of that is to continually – um, impress yourself and really learn to enjoy in a really good way the foods that you can eat so that's yeah. why that email list might help like if you had the low carb ice cream that i made last week which i'm going to share that recipe unbelievable unbelievable i make it at home ice cream that's just so creamy and wonderful i made a cinnamon one and a vanilla one at you know no carbs or you know one or two carbs in the whole thing is tremendous so learning to enjoy other things and and the stuff well and having good recipes and sharing information is one tip to yeah. not feel like you necessarily need real ice cream because i i really yeah, don't Dude, cho- it's like getting used to diet coke you just get used yeah, to it the, it's okay, the, and then cho- you can enjoy it. the
1: chocolate sugar-free Briars ice cream i think is like the best ice cream i've ever had oh, I because i just yeah. don't
2: it tastes better better because you don't so you're good. not constantly yeah. eating sugar anyway anyway i don't want to bore people overly with that but at least guys we've taken some time out of just complaining about the church all the time. At least we're not doing that constantly. But, but well, uh, I, You Matt, know what? Matt, that reminds I, me of something. I, I ac- Let's go ahead and do that right yeah, now. <laughs> I actually have something that I wanted to complain about.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I, this there is no way I can't sound like the biggest asshole what I'm about to say. I mean, literally, what I'm about to say, it only sounds judgmental and terrible and awful, and all I want to do is, everybody listening, it's just a thought experiment, and I just want people to just follow me for a minute. Don't immediately get angry or, or, you know, start saying nasty shit in your mind about what you're about to hear. I'm on Facebook this week and somebody posts this video. Several people posted this video of this car that ran off the side of the road, hit like a tree or a sign or something, and then it started to catch on fire. So then all it the, was really cool is a bunch of people stopped on the highway, uh And ran over to the car and started trying to get the guy out that was like knocked out, and they were like trying to smash the window. He was out, and they're like, "This guy's gonna die. The car is on fire. He's going to die." They only had literally a matter of minutes, so I'm watching all these people do this stuff. The person filming it is a Christian, and it's just a lady that's going, "Oh Jesus, 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 save him, Lord, Je- Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You are Lord, Jesus, Jesus." Just saying the name of Jesus over and over and over and over and over the whole time, and then, it. Uh, smashed out the window, pulled the guy out, and then, like, seconds later, the car's engulfed in flames, and the guy would have died. And everybody's just like, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And I just thought, ah, this sounds so terrible. That lady, if she really did believe in Jesus, why was she over there helping to actually do something? Like, why didn't she go over there and try smashing the window and all that stuff? Like, saying the name of Jesus, the thing that got the, him out is that people did it. They put their faith in action and did it. Yeah. Right? So they actually went over there or... Maybe they're not even Christians, and they just, hey, we're going to try and save this guy's life. It's the right thing to do, or I want to do this. And so I and then I just immediately felt com- convicted and conflicted both because I thought, man, I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in the power of the name of Jesus. I believe that. But part of me was like, all this lady's doing over here is saying some words, and if nobody else does anything, that guy's going to die. It doesn't matter how much she says the name of Jesus. If somebody isn't actually doing something, then it's all for naught. I, Does that sound terrible? Yeah, it doesn't sound terrible, but uh, I mean, are, are you open to push back on this one or are you just... No. Okay.
2: <laughs> well, well, you things. want me to back you up, Toby? Are you open to being backed up? <laughs> two, I, two, I would love that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> two, two things. First of all, as a fellow human being, right? isn't it possible that she's just like, I'm scared shitless. I wish I was brave enough to help, but sure. at the very least I can pray sure. and I'm a coward but man, I'm going to pray. So that's kind of what I, but second of all, some people in that situation would probably be like, I might get in the way if I go like those guys know exactly what they're doing. So now I'm praying them on. Now I would totally, totally, like if the situation was one guy trying to get in the car and he's like, help me, help me. And she's just like, no, I'm going to stay back here and say the name of Jesus. So I guess more context, are you saying that they're, if there was a lot of people trying to get in, then I could totally yeah, see somebody being a, a bystander just praying, Say, I'm going to stand back here and pray. But, um, yes, I guess I disagree. Matt, you got anything you want to yeah, say well, about
2: that? I, well, I think the interesting thing about it is that you, what you're identifying there is this, I mean, it parallels, like, the larger movements of of people now and talking about evangelicalism and social people. There's so many people right now in Christianity, and it might be a different edge of it that's saying that's saying stuff like we got to help people we got to do stuff i like the pope because of what he does right. you know versus the the all talk thing which might be identified as evangelicalism and i'm glad you brought it up because I had some thoughts on it but i'm going to talk for a second instead of about evangelicalism i'm going to talk about emo does that work for you sure. guys? yeah i
1: love emo dude and right. screamo too so
2: no, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on emo okay. to make to to bring a point home here. So emo to me, and I, you guys can weigh into. But I'm gonna name when I got into emo, it was 1999, and I'm gonna name some emo bands: Mineral, Sunny Day Real Estate, uh, and then you know after maybe a little bit of time as it evolved, another year or two, I would have called even uh, Juliana Theory an emo yep. band. Do y'all have any others to add to what you would consider as an emo band back then or? Like you're saying later on, I'm just saying emo to me. That's when I got into it, and that's what it means. And that when I think of emo today, that's the bands that I'm thinking. Right. Of. I would me even too. say
1: I would even say further seems forever. Like the moon is down. I definitely okay. considered that emo. Right.
2: that's two thousand. is the reason. Yeah, and it's not. And is it possible today for a band to make a make music that you would consider emo just in that same vein? So it's not about the year, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Then shortly after that, we moved to Seattle and. Speaking of further scenes forever, Chris Carrabba started Dashboard Confessional, and I was like, "Oh, this is like songwriting, acoustic pop, or something." And then people were saying, "Well, you know, em- this emo. I love this emo." It started to catch on, and people were calling that emo. And I said, "Well, not what? Not? Well, how don't. That's not. That's just acoustic guy singing pop. How's that? That's not what I'm talking about when I'm saying emo. Right. But nonetheless, it persisted, and, and that is widely known as emo, and maybe even defines emo for a lot of people and then a few years later we're on tour we put out our music um we do what we're doing we're on tour probably 2007 and 8 and at that time uh, we take out mayday parade on yeah. tour and it is just emo 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 and it's it's these 14 year old girls and it's crazy and they're a good band but no in no way would have ever considered them emo they don't sound like mineral they don't sound like sunny day real estate but nonetheless the preponderance of people that would have said said the word emo would have meant exactly mayday parade or possibly the main or something like that and then you keep on going it's all-time low and so now the word emo means a very, very, very different thing. First of all, it means different things to different people, but really it's less about that and more the fact that emo itself kind of refers to what the where the genre or the identifying tag went. Emo now means just a, a big general thing about uh, sad face and this goth kind of hair, hair and this kind of pop music or even goth. So emo means something, and it does not mean what it meant in 1999. Now, there may be a few of us who still say that, but effectively, we've lost right. So emo did change. Emo has changed entirely. It's not the same thing that it used to be. And I would like to suggest that being an evangelical Christian is exactly the same thing. It's the, exactly the same type of parallel there. Um, and to the point where I, it struck me, I was looking on Facebook at Mike Lewis that we had on the podcast a few weeks ago, said that he saw um, the way evangelicals are handling this and that and how they're voting and all this stuff. He said he had an epiphany and realized and I wanted to get your thoughts on this, that, oh, I, I don't identify with these people, and it, it was a big point of relief. He goes, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a Jesus follower. Right. I'm not an evangelist. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. And he said, and then it made sense, and I won't in, interpolate more about his posts than that, but I found that really interesting because I never considered it. I just said, oh. And so I've been thinking about that a little bit, and I'm not declaring the death ev- ev- evangelicalism or Anything like that? I'm just say, or even saying I'm not. I've always identified myself as evangelical since I've really been a believer and since I've really been saved. But maybe it's changed, and now it just means like I'm not throwing that other lady under the bus, you know, about praying. But it's like it's all about ideology and politicization, you know, and it's all, it's, it's all into those kinds of things and it's talk and action deeds and it's. Um, it's like ethnocentric, like it's about us, and it's about America, and it's about the, you know individuals, and it's very materialistic, and it's very nationalistic. That's what evangelicalism means now. That's what it's mostly identified yeah. with. So it's not that crazy to say, well, that's not what I was. That's not what I was signing up for when I was signing up for evangelicalism. So I looked on the internet, and you know, the definition by some by the Evangelical Council or something said that they take the Bible seriously and they believe in Jesus as Savior and Lord. Right. So that all sounds really good, but in practicality, that's not how I'm experiencing the term. I mean, first of all, taking the Bible seriously and, and believing in Jesus as Savior and Lord is identifies way more than evangelical Christians, so that's not an uh, exclusive definition. So what do you all
1: think? I'm with you. I mean, I think uh, for a second there I would have said, no, I'm still evangelical because of... Oh, you mean
2: I've already talked you out of it? No,
1: well, no. well <laughs> that I've actually pondered this for, I would say, the last year and a half, two years. Joel changed the position as soon as you yeah, just say just give something. him a good reason. You know. Yeah, for sure. You swayed me. Hell. No, but it. because the definition, this is, this is the definition that I would say I am. Uh, worldwide trans-denominational movement within Protestant Christianity maintaining the essence of the gospel consists in the doctrine of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ atonement. Yes, that's what I am. Mm-hmm. I am part of the evangelical Christian community. But I think what you're saying is,
2: no, it means something else. Our culture has deemed it something else. I'm saying words like emo or evangelicalism or anything, or the word love. I mean, words change crazy. The word download does not mean the same thing it used to word. The, mean, the word file does not mean what it used right. to mean. Right, so let's just, about, let's just face it. You know, people that have beef with Christianity— Movements change, people change. All right, so pe- yeah.
1: people that have beef with Christianity, they're not mad at the Matt Carters of this world. They're just not, and th- they're not upset with uh, the Toby Morrells of maybe. this world, the Mike Lewises of this be. world, the Mikey Bridges of this world, yep. the Science Mikes of this world. They're not upset with those guys. I don't think any of you are evangelicals because— the world, the culture defines evangelicals as the people that are picketing against certain yeah. sins that they think are the worst ones or the ones that say, uh, you know, Donald Trump is the Antichrist and politics right. is the most important thing to do. So, Well,
2: well let me look at the. Well, oh, you have let me sold the, me.
1: I am not an evangelical no, I'm saying, Christian.
2: I, well, I'm not trying to just <laughs> reject people and saying, oh, I'm out of this cool club. But I'm saying if you look at the terminology, it definitely changed. Like, it doesn't mean what you thought it meant because I looked it up a little bit more. And the first time that it really came out, it comes out of they say the evangelical. That word means something to do with gospel in the Greek or whatever it is. And the first time it was used, it was Martin Luther used it to distinguish between the Catholic uh, Church and the Protestant Church in Europe. It didn't mean any. I mean that it meant You know, it it was akin to simply Protestant kind of a thing. And that was 1600 or some year like that. So the term's been around that long and changed a ton. In fact, in Europe today, it still means more. Of that. It doesn't mean what it means when we say what it means anyway. So the term itself is not that much of of, of value. And then in the earliest 20th century here, it kind of started to mean the difference in mainline churches and then fundamentalist churches. Yeah. So now it's then it became more associated with fundamentalist. And it's kind of a, like a shitty use of the term because you're saying, yeah, like the gospel and Jesus and the Bible, like the good stuff. But by calling yourself that, it's weird because you're almost accusing other people of not being that, and I think it's a little insidious. Yeah. You know, yeah, what I mean? but you can't get away like, from it. You're saying that I mean, you you're either... saying the Lutherans and Presbyterians are not gospel because we're not, we're now going to identify ourselves as evangelical or gospel. Well, I'm not going
1: to say anything to to about a whole group from of people, but but I would. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. what what culture sees as evangelicals is not that definition. They don't think, oh, it's right. just people about the grace of Jesus. It's not they well. I
2: know, but you know what I mean. Like it, just to say, well, you know, out of the out of the people on the podcast, I am going to be identified as the good one, the benevolent one, the nice one, um, the great one with talent. Well, that's just that's just how I'm going to identify myself. Well, that that means something. That means that I'm saying that you are not those things.
1: Well, I I I don't have any problem with saying no. I'm 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 with all these people. Like I'm with all these people from a standpoint of these are brothers and sisters that have been saved by Jesus. But I'm just acknowledging the fact that I think you're completely right in saying that evangelicals, it means something different. And I I think we should be uh, not concerned, but I think we should take some sort of uh, stock in what culture thinks of when they hear evangelical. But, you know, what you're saying, this is the same thing about basic words like the church. I mean... In the in the early New Testament, people did not think building when they heard church. They thought, Oh, this, these people. Same thing with the word Christians. Changed, the words change Christians meaning, used yeah. to be a word of mockery, like little Christ. You know, it's people that said, Oh, look at the little Christ right. running around. I it mean, means something different. Yeah,
2: just, so is it reasonable, Toby, to just to say I'm post I'm not I'm not making this declaration. I just thought it was interesting when Mike said that, but and Joey's already made his declaration yeah. in the course <laughs> of my oration here. But what do you think about the notion of identifying as post evangelical? Do you think that describes what? you? Does this
1: have to do with the lady saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in the car? Because
2: she's because she's the <laughs> because she because I, I that's the thing that it's identifies to me now is the people that do things in uh, words, not right. deeds. Well, it's like not taking care of people. It's 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 not feeding the homeless yeah. and helping well, the well, poor. That's what I was it's say. saying that I have the right values on on my website. Right. The the thing that
1: going back to the lady that was saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is. I think it was her and her friend or daughter or family member that just posted that picture. So then I thought like, oh, well, they're posting, I said, Jesus, 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 the Lord is good. Like nothing actually happened there. And that's what was kind of, going back to your evangelical part, is it just you say stuff? Is it just you, you do a Facebook post? Right. Is, is your Christianity now, you do a Facebook post with a, this a scripture? Um,
2: or vote for the right uh, thing, right? Or like, make like sure that's America what our is faith safe. is. Yeah, or, that's a, those, that's not what things. I want
1: to be a part of for sure. But no matter what, we all are. Everybody, Joey, I think you're wrong. I think people think, man, how you guys are evangelicals, and if you wouldn't fight against it or do something, then yeah. you're just a, you're worse. I'd rather at least just be on board with the evangelicals instead of thinking. Uh, mostly like them and then not doing anything about it. That's, I, I think that's what people think about us. I think a lot of people go, yeah, y'all are evangelicals. Y'all are just Christian, yeah, Christian most, psychos most that don't do anything. Closely. Yeah, I'm certainly yeah, not I'm, embarrassed of not, the term. I just, yeah. I wish we weren't. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't really.
2: But I, but can but can it further go off a cliff until you say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but no, I'm not that. Like, yeah, if, what if it? I, that's you, what you I was saying. Say, like but I don't the, think as the, the term the world migrates, you are going to get farther and farther from it if it keep, goes on. Its Personally, yeah, so either out now. Personally, or you're going to be but out culture later. will
1: see Matt as an evangelical, but probably for the rest of your life.
2: Yes, no, you're probably right. But I'm but I'm playing with the idea though. This this whole thing could go off, continue to go off a cliff, and then. You don't. You're not obligated to go with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or identify. Sure, it. You're not, not saying anything bad by saying, "Oh, yeah." That whole group that says they're this, I am not right. that. And so sometimes I think all of the stuff that we spend the time on this podcast, and people are probably screaming in their earbuds right now. I know I've been saying this the whole time. Most of the stuff that we're talking shit on or complaining about is evangelicalism. It's not right. the other stuff. So we say Christians. Uh, do this and Christians do that, but really, you could almost replace all the stuff that we are griping about yeah. with evangelicalism, which is kind of ironic that we are that and we're just seeing it from very our inside place. It's kind of like I'm not saying we're silly or stupid, but we that I mean, that's why we rub with that because we are inside of yeah. it. But really, all the stuff that we complain about in Christianity doesn't necessarily exist in mainline and other denominations and in Anglican and in Catholicism and things like that. So kind of interesting. I I appreciate Mike saying that on Facebook and at least making me think about it a little bit. Cuz I won't follow evangelicalism off a cliff. I'm not going to. Don't need to.
1: It just wears me out. It just wears me out. Jesus, 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 help us get to the break. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We're there. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We have filled the time. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Are we at a break? Yeah, we
2: are. I told you, I mean, you can keep praying for a break or you can simply say we're going to break. Now that's up to you. You can keep praying to it's or you can take action and cause the break to happen. Whatever you decide. That's hard
1: to say, Joey. See if you can say the word Jesus, the name Jesus, ten times fast. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Wow, you are a pastor. Hallelujah! You a pastor. That's Matt. You try. Can you say it as what good as Joey did?
2: No, not at all. I can't. I'm not that good. Just try it, man. i just training. think that's one of the. You do that in seminary. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Joey. We can keep, we can, Dude, I we mean, are to we do that keep
1: 10,000 times in a row <laughs> in seminary.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we can keep praying for a break here, you know, and just wait not to come and update our Facebook statuses and pronounce how much we're in favor of breaks if y'all want to do that. Will that help the break get here? Yes,
1: that's what I want to do.
2: Okay, so go ahead and start updating your Facebook. Make sure we send out a newsletter about how we're pro going to break. And uh, we'll just sit here and wait on it to happen. I right? guess if
1: you're an atheist, you do the same thing. You just go Satan, 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 because atheists are Satanic. All right, let's take a break. Guys, let's talk about driving to work. Y'all oh, got to do that, don't you? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. And we, sometimes we have to drive to other campuses and keep up with our, like, our mileage and do all you? that stuff.
2: Well, yeah. good. I'm glad you brought that up because I got a solution for you. So, I mean, think about it this way. There are 60 million Americans who drive to work. It's a double edged sword. I mean, either you're spending too much time tracking your mileage and doing math and doing accounting stuff, or you're guesstimating on it and ending up losing yeah. money, or you're not doing anything to claim your mileage on your taxes, which is a disaster because That's there's some I really do. big <laughs> there's some a really big savings that that you can do in there. So this is what Mile IQ is all about. It's the number one mileage tracker app for more than a million Americans. There's over a million people who trust this and use it to log their drives every day. It's the only mileage tracker app that detects, logs, calculates, your, and calculates your drives for you automatically. And it's real easy to use, too, and it uh, keeps your drives you know, secure in the cloud. So this is what it does. I, I've i been using it, and it's great. So I, I get the thing, and it's running in the background on my phone. I don't have to touch it, and it knows when I'm in the car because of the type of motion and the speeds I'm going and the behavior. So it knows when so I'm cool. driving automatically. I don't have to remember to start it and so I drive somewhere and when I get there it'll give me a little notification and say was that a business trip or was that a personal trip and that's I swipe so cool. the, the appropriate way now my my stuff is logged in it's got the exact thing it estimates the fuel whatever it is I'm going to deduct on mileage and then the best part is I don't have to write it down or keep up with a log book or read my handwriting later it's stored in the cloud so I'll, when it's time to do taxes I can turn that in my accountant or me and Bridget oh, can do it ourselves so awesome and if there were a problem, I actually have the date on the cloud to back it up versus, uh oh, here comes the IRS and I didn't have, I wasn't on point with my filings. So it really is good. So I suggest you guys get it immediately. And then next time you tell them about how it's yeah, I was saving just, you money.
1: I was just going to say, I mean, li- listen to this. So basically, people that are using this app, they're logging $547 worth of mileage a month. And so that's basically. If you're not using this app, you're missing out on six thousand dollars a year that yeah. you could be claiming when you're doing your taxes. Uh, I mean, real estate agents out there, oh my gosh! I mean, it'd be insane. You're driving all over the place showing people houses. You got to get this app. Well, you know, if if we're talking about Myla Q, I bet they're gonna cut us a deal, Matt. What what we got going for people listening
2: right now? Okay, so I'm asking you guys to do it this way so they'll know that we sent you. But I want you to text "bad Christian." Text this one word "bad Christian" to three one nine nine six. To start your forty drive free trial, so you can use it forty drives until you get the hang of it and see how it works, and you'll love it. It won't take forty drives; it'll take one for you to like it. I swear. So um, you can create an account this week, and you'll get twenty five percent off when you inevitably sign up for an annual plan. Um, the, the standard messaging and data rates apply uh, but for that. But yeah, do that. Do the text the word bad Christian to three one nine nine six to to start it to get the app and get going there. So. Um. That's what we want you to do, and check it out, and y'all get it, and we'll talk about it some more next time. Yeah, get that MyLiq app today. Okay, I got another one for you, and I told you I'm excited about this one. This is something cool that I've been waiting for I think my whole life. So we've got smart cars, we've got smartphones, we have smart homes. Technology's made every single thing we have smart, but losing your stuff still makes smart people feel really stupid. So I think you probably know what I'm talking about here. If you lose your keys, you lose it. I lose my dog. He gets out of the gate and I can't find him. And surely I wish I could put a tracker device on him. So one time I lost a bag with a laptop in it because I put it, I think on, as far as I can tell, I put it on top of my car and drove off and couldn't find it later that day. So tracker makes losing things like that a thing of the past. It's a coin-sized device that locates misplaced keys, wallets, bags, computers, or anything just in seconds. You just pair a tracker to your smartphone, attach it to anything and find its precise location with a tap of a button. It's that easy, really. So if you, but it, here's what's even cool cuz you go, "Oh, I need to uh my phone's the thing I lose, so how would I find it?" Even if you lose your phone, you press a button on a tracker that is on your keys, and your phone will ring, even if it's on silent. With over 1.5 million devices, Tracker has the largest crowd GPS network in the whole world, so your lost item shows up on a map, even if it's miles away. Seriously, never lose anything with Tracker. If there's anything that's worth money at all, you should put a tracker on it. And even if it's something that's not worth a ton of money, like your keys... If it can save you a ton of time, if you're a person that ever loses stuff, you need to put a tracker on it. And listeners to this show get a special discount of 40% off your first tracker device. So go to thetracker.com and enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN. That's thetracker.com is how you get there. So it's the the hardest thing you'll ever have to find from now on is just that website, thetracker.com. And enter the promo code BADCHRISTIAN for 40% off. Like I said, I'm going to put some on my keys and my damn dog. Again, that's thetracker.com promo code BADCHRISTIAN.
1: Guys, you know I've been working on my new podcast, Unstoppable Badass. Mm -hmm. Unstoppable Badass. I like the sound of that. And uh, I was lucky to get the name. I thought Unstoppable Badass might be taken, but fortunately, the Lord himself, I think, saved it for me because it is, you know, next to Bad Christian Podcast, it's the greatest name. Maybe it's even better than Bad Christian Podcast, but... One thing that I'm having to do with that is build my own site. And if there's one thing that I do know about is kicking ass and being a badass. One thing I don't know about is building a website, (laughs) (laughs) not that good at it. So that's where our sponsor Weebly comes in. This is so, so awesome of a site. They are just the best. Um, Like I said, I'm not a web designer. I don't know what I'm doing, but Weebly was created for people with the courage to start their own business and the dream to be their own boss. That's exactly what I am. When I read that, I was like, oh man, this Weebly's reading my mind. Again, you don't need to be a web designer or even need to know how to code uh, to be able to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store. It's so cool. Uh, We've all been really impressed with the wide variety of Mm -hmm. professionally designed, mobile-friendly themes. I just really like, I am a creator. I'm a creative type, and I was kind of thinking about uh, building my own website, first of all, I was super worried. And then just I was like, Oh, I bet it's just gonna be standard. What? No, Weebly has such amazing options. I mean, you can just build the site exactly how you want. It is really great. Um, and then you can just do simple like drag and drop and quickly build this and publish your site just so fast, you won't believe it. And it's just really easy. You can customize, you can update, you can change the site anytime you want. On any device. Let mm-hmm. me say that again. On any device. That's what's so cool. I'm traveling all the time. I did not want to be having to be tied down to my my computer only and Wi-Fi. I can do it right from my phone. It is so cool. So Very good. join over 30 million people who are already dreaming big with Weebly. Get started today for free at Weebly.com slash badchristian. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com slash badchristian. Weebly.com slash badchristian. All right, so here's how ignorant I am. I'm like uh, almost finished with your book, and I don't even know if it's released yet. Can people get it? December 8th. December 8th, okay. And if I'm not mistaken, the name of it is, I Used to Not Believe in Annihilation, and now I do, and I'm gay. (laughs) Is that (laughs) that (laughs) it's
0: called? I'm going to annihilate everybody. (laughs) I'm going
1: to annihilate everyone. (laughs)
2: All right, so December 8th. And uh, I told Matt, I'm going to read this part in the book. So it will be out now by the time this is aired. Yeah, so it is out. It it is is out. out. Go get it. Go get it. When's this rolling next week? No idea. No, yeah. No clue.
1: No clue. It came out three years ago, guys. Go to Amazon. <laughs>
0: Preston's no longer a Christian. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has since walked away.
1: His name is Kristen. <laughs> Her name, I should say. Sorry.
0: All right. So
2: I did. I thought this was super clever. So check this out, Matt and Toby. It's on the, this is on the, what is the name? The, uh, people to be loved. Yeah. It, people to yeah. be loved. Uh, yeah. This is in the book. The book Why homosexuality
1: yeah. is not just an issue. Yeah. Um, sorry, right, so listen to this. It says that it's a sin. Uh, this is what the Bible says. It's damnable, evil, and could exclude a person from God's kingdom. It's so bad that God destroyed an entire city that was engaged in it. And Jesus says that those who practice it are liable to face judgment rather than salvation when he returns. And those who think they can continue to practice it and think they are genuine followers of Christ are deceiving both themselves and others. Still, our culture has accepted it as a virtue instead of a vice. Even our Christian culture is letting it slip into our churches unnoticed. We sometimes applaud it and place people in leadership who are too weak to preach against it. Many churches, if they are not actively endorsing it, try to remain neutral. But neutrality is nothing more than endorsement covered in sheep's clothing. I'm not talking about homosexuality. I'm talking about the misuse of wealth.
0: Bam! Wow. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. The misuse of wealth.
1: <laughs> hey, I, 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 was, I was saying, if I could describe uh, this book in any way, it is like the most aggressive you could possibly be at the non-affirming segment of the church and be yeah. non-affirming. And I yeah. know you don't like the <laughs> labels necessarily, but theologically yeah. you land on not yeah. endorsing same-sex marriage uh, from uh, its morally yeah. okay biblical biblically okay but man if you're if you're one of those judgmental hypocritical christians man you gotta be scared of this book man
0: you go after him, Bo. <laughs> yeah either a lot of people like it or everybody's gonna hate me i'm not gonna have any friends well, you, guys will be, you guys will be my only three friends that's right <laughs> that's
2: okay but let's let me, let's do that a little bit because i mean instead of even just talking about gay stuff let's talk about the wealth mismanagement thing so i mean is that just something in the book that you use as a device to, to, to cast them lighter. I mean, could you go deeper on that? Like, do you really feel like we it full out, full on as evangelical Christianity endorse the misuse of wealth and we've
0: got that really messed up? I think so. Yeah. I mean, and I would include myself in that equation. I think it's a battle in my heart. We, we live in a, the richest nation ever to exist. We, we live in a, a, culture driven by comfort, comfort and greed and security and all these things, all these values that really, for the most part, run contrary to the gospel, I think. And and I think it's, we're all sucked in into it in some capacity. And you know, what's fascinating is next to idolatry, the misuse of wealth and lack of concern for the poorest is is the second most condemned sin in scripture. (laughs) Idolatry, misuse of wealth. Yeah. And you know, and like, there's more like two more than two thousand passages that talk about the misuse of wealth. I'm like, how, how did I? I've heard thousands of sermons and maybe one or two on the misuse of wealth. How, how do they? How do we dodge that? You know, like that's a, you have to be pretty good at dodging two thousand passages. And yeah, yeah, I, I think we are, like anybody, you know, the, the the sins that, and this is where it comes down to the you know with the book, like how many people are. Violating that those two thousand passages, and yet they're condemning the LGBT community. You know, right. I mean, it's just like hypocrisy is like, man, Jesus comes down hard on that as well. And it's like, and that's where I just get tired of this slanted discussion. You know, uh, I think we're we're all beggars showing other beggars where to find bread. You know, and right. I think it's the posture we should have.
1: Yeah. It's funny because the the things that we come down hard on are just the things we don't struggle with. And then the reason why we don't talk about wealth or overeating or abusing our bodies that way is because everybody does it. Yeah, oh. well
2: it's easier. I mean it's it's easier like it's easier to just figure out the the hard stuff that we can put in categories so we can move on and you know, yeah. as opposed to it's just better if we can figure out all our stances first and then we get a bunch of stuff that applies in giant categories to broad people and not yeah. to individuals. Yeah, that's what we want. That's what we grab. We I mean, me, I want to just know what the clear lines are black and white so I can at least go there. And then maybe I'll get to sorting out difficult stuff. But really, I won't ever get there. (laughs) Well, it uh, in
1: the book, you said that you have made a lot of friends in the LGBT uh, community. Uh, Did some of them get mad at at how I mean, at at the book, you said a lot of them liked your approach, even though they disagreed with your theology. Did you make some mad?
0: You know what I'm realizing is there. there's really, even though there's two main views on this topic, there's really variations of each yeah, view. Yep, so there's, yep. there. I would say there's a segment, and I want to call them, I mean, this may not go well, but, you know, kind of a loud minority that, you know, lives on social media, you yeah, know, yeah, so... Yeah. I mean, no matter what I say on Twitter, whatever, I can say, you know, hey, I'd like to buy you guys lunch. Like, what? You don't think we could afford our own lunch? Like, <laughs> like, no matter what I say. It's, and I, I think I'm realizing that no matter what you say, there's always going to be a segment that just miss, you know, they they, they just will never, they they want to take you down. They, they don't want, they don't like anything you say. They're going to twist it. They're going right. to, you know, put words in your mouth. So there is a segment of the affirming community that no matter what I say, they they really, You know, maybe hate me would be too strong. They just really, really dislike the fact that I'm even messing with this topic. But then there's a there's another crowd that, uh, yeah, they'd be affirming and and they really, again, we agree to disagree. But they're like, man, if every conservative, you know, (laughs) I don't know if I'm conservative, but if everybody that holds your position, held it like you do, this would be we we can actually talk with each other. And that'd be a that'd be a win. So have you had had any
1: in-person confrontations or is it all through social media?
0: That's a good question in person uh not really yeah. again disagreements but yeah when you're face to face that's
1: what we were just talking about the power like th- 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 it's just even with everything now there's a fear culture or uh, yeah. you can be such a badass when you're just in front of your computer instead of in yeah. person like we were uh i think it was uh, i listened to Colin Cowherd and he was he, ma- he said a quote about Bill Maher. uh somebody asked him uh hey you uh you get people in you know confront you know, having conversation in front of you because people really don't like you. And he said, ah, there's only been like two people in my life that put their their finger in my chest or something like that. Most people, they're badasses
2: behind the computer. But there's but, hundreds that right. was millions of people say, I right. hate that guy.' Right? But exactly. It, and two but times as loud as ever. Yeah. That, isn't up? that
1: crazy though? That 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 like like you were saying that uh, anybody that wants to be loud or a group of people that want to be loud on social media can, and it really doesn't mean anything. It just means no. I'm kind of scared. I'm not going to really face you, but I'll be a badass." you know, yeah. in a, in a room by myself.
0: Right. It's crazy is, that that can happen. You know, I, I've taken the approach of literally just, I, I refuse to interact on Twitter. I'll, I'll, I'm on Twitter a lot, but I i will never engage in a conversation of, yeah. you know, that's going to be controversial, even debate on. I mean, it's I've the seen, worst avenue. Or, I've or seen you do it on, on, on Facebook, Facebook
2: a little bit though. I've seen, I saw, I've seen, I've seen you go back and forth with people about refugees on Facebook and stuff. So yeah, you
0: know, the, the last couple of weeks with the refugee, that's the most I've probably ever interacted. And, yeah. and that was, uh, I don't know. I just kind of snap. Yeah. I couldn't couldn't take it.
1: Not on my Facebook page, mister.
2: (laughs) That one was shocking because you never know how people were going to do on that one. I thought that one was just so like, it's all over the place. That one's so all over the place. Like it's not even very predictable what somebody's going to say. Like a lot of stuff it is on that one. It's not even predictable. I don't feel like what somebody you know is going to say on that one.
0: part part of me does feel like how how come the the loud minority, the obnoxious minority with whatever topic, they they seem to control the discussion. So part of me is like, well, that's, you know, being silent just lets them kind of dominate everything. And so I don't know, it's kind of our attention sometimes like, Snap and I, I just think can't it's a
2: this. sign of immaturity not of I'm not even saying that people are individuals but I think it's a sign of immaturity of technology usage like all we have is a Facebook all we have is a like button cell phones are honestly new to us so think about how oh. when cell phones were first prominent. People really didn't know what to do with them. And like, you you know, you used to would see people in line on talking on the phone when by the time it would be time to order their coffee. you Remember, used to see that and they maybe wouldn't put it down. And it was just like, oh, I don't, we have this technology. I don't know if I should use it or not use it. And eventually it was like, that's frowned upon. If you saw somebody do yeah. that today, it would be, you really wouldn't. They really wouldn't do that. But now you'll drive at night and you'll see somebody with a steering wheel and their face is glowing because they, obviously they have a screen. <laughs> right. And that's not right, but we're, we're, we're figuring out that that's, you can't, you shouldn't do that, but we're still really doing it. And so our online discourse, we've only been able to communicate like this for a decade, not even this well, so... We don't know. How, we don't know who to listen to. We, just, do you, don't, we just don't know. Do y'all, yeah. do y'all? It's the immaturity of the medium. It's not. It's, it will get corrected somehow. Is that really
1: That's what I was just going to ask. Do you think that, manners? Do you think people like Matt Carter will eventually disappear? And everybody thinks, no, that's exactly where to have dialogue on Facebook. You think I have time to sit with someone over coffee, face to face, or? Do you think it'll work itself out to where people are like, no, this is too impersonal? We're gonna- no,
2: it's, it's simply manners. that is a great potential for discourse. It's the best thing we've ever had for communication discourse. And, of course, we're going to figure it out. It's going to be amazing. But you think how long it took to the take your hat off rule or what you do at the dinner table. You yeah. couldn't figure that out in five years. If, if dinner tables and dinner was new, how long would it take to get where your fork goes? Yeah. It would take, it takes centuries for that stuff to happen. So this will be faster than that. But we've only had this stuff for a few years. We don't know what we're doing. Gotcha. So, of course, we don't know who to listen. Like, it's hard to say, oh, 10 people said that. Out of 10,000, it's right. hard not to listen to 10. Right. We don't even know how to filter that. Yeah, we will. It'll it, be fun. I
1: think it's going to be like we were just talking about uh, records and vinyl records. I think it'll be this digital thing is how relationships and conversation happen. And then at some point you will go, Whoa, oh, it, like I think vinyl records is warm. I like the clicks, the pops, the tactileness of all this stuff. You'll go, oh, I'm in person at a coffee shop talking to another human. This feels warm and retro nice and real. <laughs> and then there'll be like you'll have your digital conversations, yeah. and then you'll have this because it's it's you know yeah. the hipsters will do it first. Yeah, retro. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> hipsters will start meeting and talking in person first.
0: There's a, there's a lot of people. I mean, I would say the majority are like you know it's the elephant in the room, like how annoying these kind of trolls are and yeah. this Facebook discourse. So there's so many people that you know, mock it and and talk about it and recognize it, that I think it is a loud minority that just still doesn't get it. But I I think by and large, we're, we're learning that. um, Yeah. you It's, it doesn't take a, you know, uh, a lot of social cues to like figure out that go back and read your comments and realize this is not how humans should be talking. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, it's also a little bit
2: weird that we say it's a loud minority because really, I think we all have the potential to be that loud minority in a certain conversation. Like, like my aunt is, reasonable person but she doesn't know what she's talking about in this and that this is not a place to say this and why to say that she's not self-identified i'm a troll i like to right, go crazy right. she just she, she didn't know what that sounded like when she said that
0: right and so we so we, we, we really say need... that's the you know you think they really don't realize they'll say stuff, and they don't realize how it comes
2: out? Like they... No, of- I mean some. I mean, there's some people that are bitter people, and that comes out there, and this passive aggressive, and there's, oh, there's that. But I do think a lot of uh, we all have potential to put our foot in our mouth and think yeah. about it. I do it in real life sometimes. So anybody's the potential to sound li- to to sound like or leave a comment that totally yeah. didn't even realize how dumb that sounded. Well,
1: you also want to say something really strong so people remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. say it stronger. It's funny you talk about that though. Like I was thinking about. Immaturity with technology and like thinking about my dad and a cell phone. Like hey, no matter he what, he just put up a video. He will Corvettes. always. It doesn't matter where he's at. He will always answer his phone if it rings. Because at our house, if the phone ring, it, met, it, it on the wall, it meant something serious. Right. So he's still thinking, "Uh, oh, Aunt Deborah's calling me." Oh, no, yeah. It doesn't matter what we're doing. <laughs> he's like, we could be baptizing yeah. our kids. Uh, Debra's calling. Right. What do you want me to do? Because, the phone's
2: it, it, ringing. mean, ignore The phone it? is ringing. Right. It must be what serious. Do do
1: right. <laughs> Doesn't even know it has a computer in his hand. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, dude, man, job job, well done with the book. It really is good. I think it's a must read for people that are thinking yeah. the issue through. What's your next project that you're uh, embarking We're,
0: on? Working on a book on discipleship right now. Um, the state of discipleship, kind of reframing what discipleship looks like or should look like in the next decade or so um and then after that i'm i want to take a break i feel like i'm uh overriding a little bit and getting kind of tired so yeah we'll see yeah
2: yeah and, you, and you're doing you do a little daily podcast every day too i should i said little you do a little podcast how cute <laughs> it's a um,
0: little it's cute. It's short
2: i mean it's, it's short adorable. it's like 15 minutes a day and you do it like every day though right
0: it's it's a radio show a radio here show like, and then they, yeah. then they upload it as a podcast right. so yeah oh, it's nice. a- Thing, uh, you have time. to go good morning utah <laughs> traffic up, weather yeah. theology you got it. <laughs> top of the yeah. hour <laughs>
1: sorry they're making fun of your
2: project
0: did you listen to it
2: i listened to yeah. two or three of them yeah because
0: they were short did, i like that what, what he, honest feedback on the on the intro the green day intro
2: oh i don't care it doesn't really matter. I mean,
0: no, I really don't like. Is it it's a good, bad, cheesy? Okay, whatever. What just good.
2: the music? The rolls at the beginning of it.
0: Yeah, the guy that introduces music. Cool, or is it like, eh?
2: Yeah, no, I think it's fine. I think it's good to say. I think the the intro of a podcast is all about setting a tone. Just so whether it be the music or the tone of voice, people don't realize that if you if you just if you start just talking like this, whatever the presentation is it's going to set the character for whatever. So just, you just people have to know within the first amount of seconds, what the rain dynamic range is like we ours is a bit intense. So it comes out. Welcome to the bad Christian podcast. This music's going. And therefore, if we ever get to a place 20 minutes in where, you know, we're just sitting back and we're talking it just is never going to work. You right. can't do it. So the intro of a podcast is all about really just setting the emotional feel for the next okay. 15 to an hour. It doesn't matter what way you accomplish that, but that's the point of it. My opinion. Okay. Cool. And yours is fine. I mean, like, you're playing, it's Green Day playing there. Is it. Playing the song yeah. Brain theology Stew in from Insomniac in 1998. Raise, easy and uh, that's cool. So it makes I it use theology. And so it's making it sound like it's. Uh, I like it. You know, it, it's like you, you don't take it too seriously. And that's the, that's what yeah. I'm getting from it. Oh, okay. So if it was yeah. like classical music that comes on, you'd be dead in the water. <laughs> It'd be hard to understand that you have a sense of humor or whatever. So. Yeah. Theology in the Raw
1: was Preston Sprinkle. I like it. I, I love Green Day. Dookie's one of my favorite albums ever, so that's good. Uh, I, th- uh, I, th- I say good call on that
0: one. <laughs> awesome, <my> man.
1: <laughs> All right, Preston. We'll talk to you soon, man.
0: Yeah, thanks hey, so much. Thanks so much for, yeah, you guys take care. All right, All right you too.
2: Guys. Appreciate it. All right, right. I'll Sprinkle.
0: Preston for- oh, yeah. Sprinkle. He's, he's he's yeah. legit. I got two. <laughs>
2: Two sprinkle friends, and they don't seem to be related. But Aaron and Preston—I guess I still like Aaron better, but I mean, there's nothing I can do about that. Maybe over time, I could get to like Preston. Hey, well, I tell, I yeah, suppose.
1: I tell you what, Matt. Um, when we, <laughs> uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk to him about his new podcast. People should actually go check it out. It's it's called Q. If you go to iTunes and you just type in the letter Q, yeah. it's gonna hit. And uh, episode one, the gay conversation. Episode two, the gay conversation. Episode three the
2: gay guy <laughs> so he's got a new podcast because we just dis- we discussed this podcast on there but you're saying since we did that interview now he has a new podcast yep
1: yep it's called Q. okay i yeah yeah totally so people should go check it out he he really does i in my opinion has one of the most balanced uh approaches yep. with the whole gay issue uh, i think it's, it's it's definitely worth checking yeah out.
2: i was hoping he would write a book help write a book about alcohol because he's done some really good posts on it so i asked him about it and hopefully he'll listen back this episode and hit me back, but I think it'd be cool to have him work on an ebook where he does his thoughts about alcohol and something like that. And that's an idea. I mean, yeah, that would be a good, really good, especially
1: since it, he's so. a, he's a raging alcoholic. That'd be a great idea. He yeah, can speak exactly. from experience. All right. Just kidding. Preston. Hey, uh, before we get to the best part of this, I going on, uh, what we were talking about earlier, you know, you guys know how I have to like, kind of, I have like this evil side and a good, yeah good side. And I have to like feed one and the other. And like, I, I like uh, both. Yeah, they, they it really is a yin and a yang. But yeah, I was punishing pretty, myself. I, <laughs> I was punishing myself with pure entertainment today by going through the spirituality and religion top podcasts. <laughs> 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 and I just was reading the titles, and it was really funny. Like number one overall is Joel Osteen, and For sure. so he only has eight podcasts on there. When you say podcast, you're talking about episodes, or I guess it's his sermons. So uh, he only has eight sermons on there. Yeah. Good Lord. It's always like number one. I don't know. It probably is the latest ones, but... Wow. uh, Just listen. It's really funny. The the first... Okay, it's the number one podcast in religion and spirituality, and let's see if all... I, I just wanted to see... I was going through like... what wonder if sermons are about God or me, like the people, like, you know, are they just self-help or whatever, and so... And before you read this list, I want everybody to imagine that they're the Apostle Peter being crucified upside down. All right, go ahead. Why that? Just because this list will make you upset. <laughs> might make you happy. Number his number one is your set time for favor. Number two, ask big. <laughs> number three, distinctive favor. Number four. <laughs> number four, don't waste your pain. Number five, sooner than expected. Number six, acceleration. Seven, the second touch. Then <laughs> eight, drop it. <laughs> No, seriously. Listen to those titles and imagine the Apostle—I uh, mean Peter—being crucified
2: upside down. <laughs> Here, those <Uh-oh>. titles.
1: <laughs> I just, yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying. Exactly. So that 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 is the stereotype of evangelicalism. That's my only point. And and how much of a stereotype does it have to be before that's pervasive and that's that is what it is? Yeah, yeah. Are we there yet, or is this an extreme example? Is my question. Is that the only one?
1: No, there's others. I don't even know if I want to say it makes me just, (laughs) it just destroys me. It's all about, I mean, it's just like she goes, scroll down to Joyce Meyer. (laughs) It's all like, the problem is, okay, like this is a different type, but this is the same thing. Like this is, uh. Mental and emotional overload, part one. Mental and emotional overload, part two. Uh, goes all the way like to five. And then six ways people run from their problems. And then it's time to start running. Stop running, too. It's time to stop running, part three. Uh, then it, there's all these, it's time to stop running. And then confronting fear. And then going through the test. And don't panic. Uh, the strength and comfort of the Holy Spirit. The help from the Holy Spirit. The guidance of the Holy Spirit. The important, it, it just goes all this stuff. and. This one mm-hmm. it just get. this I mean, one gets me because it's still about you and it's just keeping you there. Oh man, you have it bad, but you you're in fear. Like all these are top all, all her sermons are out. mental and emotional over. You're overloaded. You just can't handle I mean, well, life and you can't do this, listen to the sermon, and it's just like,
2: golly. But so you could say that those are just a few people, but nonetheless, these are what dominate in popularity. Right. So that that just what what else do you need to know? That is it. That is what we are a part of, or you're not. But you can't just say, "Oh, I'm not that," but yeah. or, or you are that. I don't know. But I mean, wouldn't you rather? What 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 would be sermon titles that you would like to see following Peter to the upside down cross? Damn, I, I actually would be real interested for that. Sermon. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah,
1: I just, yeah, yeah, totally. It's just, and then like Craig Groeschels, it's about time, part one, it's about time, part two, and then six types of leaders, part one and two. And then what's really interesting about this though, is in the top 15 or whatever, none of the pastors except for maybe, yeah, Tim Keller has them all, but a lot of the pastors only have like just a few. Stephen Furtick has a bunch up. And his are kind of... <laughs> so, there are some, there. So,
2: but, so you could say that there are some reasonable people who are a part of evangelicalism. You could say that. Yeah, I would argue. Hey, you, there are some... Yeah. Let me theorize... Who are reason- oh, I'm sorry, Matt. Go ahead.
1: Nope, done. Okay. Uh, is the pendulum swinging the other way? Because wouldn't you say the style of preaching that was popular before those types of sermons was you're going to go into fiery... Yeah, hellfire sulfur. brimstone. Yeah. So right. now it's just a like, train. That's not the other side <laughs> of the
2: pendulum, though. That's not the other side of the pendulum, though. What's that?
1: It swung the other way.
2: I don't think that's... The- I don't think that's the swing. I mean, there was. I mean, I don't think that's swinging. I think both of those are manipulative. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Joey's just me- saying in response to the Hellfire and Brimstone, and everybody now goes, "Oh, right, I'll say, I'll right. do the exact opposite. God is love, and but it's about you. And you're going to be good we, and strong. What, and powerful. what would be the the good and right thing? But, I mean, I think some of those okay. Hellfire and Brimstone people famously say that Jonathan Edwards was the most of that, but he also seemed to have a really good uh, gospel grip and preached a lot of stuff that was really influential and good as well, so I'm not exactly sure. I guess it's different times for different people in different places and stuff like that, but in any case, the, the fear-mongering is, is a bad thing, and then the over-individualistic uh, therapeutic thing is, is not a good thing either. Neither one of those are, are good, right. so I don't know where, what, where the pendulum goes or how it got from one to the other.
1: Well, I think y'all missed my point though. Basically, what I'm saying is our podcast needs to do better. We need more listeners. If you're listening to this, tell your friends about this podcast. They need it. But we need to change our titles. I want to be. I yeah. want to get big. I want this podcast to be the biggest in religion and spirituality. So we need to change the titles. Matt, I think you kind of a lot of times list you know the name of the of our podcast. Can you start doing something? Mm-hmm. Of, Kind of uplifting and self help wise mm-hmm. for people. So like, yeah, I can do like that. this. This one, we Joey have, declares power over his depression, and you can too. Yeah. Well, this one we have like Victory. This episode we have Preston Sprinkle, and he's talking about his new podcast and all this stuff. Let's just say Jesus is going to get you a new car. Can that be the name of? <laughs> like, it doesn't even have to. Do, <laughs> yeah. Doesn't even have to deal with who our guest is or our topics. Next episode is if you believe in God, you get everything.
2: Yikes! So it's like new Lexus, pop. right?
1: Right. Yeah. I want to change it. I, you get stuff. Hey, your yeah. life is shit. Listen right. to this podcast.
2: <laughs> Six pack abs. Your life is pod. terrible. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. Because well, I mean, that makes me a little sad to think about it. Because really, there of course, there's a million you know diet fat burning podcasts and things that sell right. you stuff to get uh, your the best car or pyramid schemes and every everybody out there kind of is it's really sad because everybody out there is selling a better life to people. Yeah. I know. And unfortunately. So is Christianity. Yeah. It's just another thing of, of eight-minute abs. And here's the big— It's just a, doing yeah. the same method as, as the uh, thing that shocks your uh, belt with electroshock to t- tone your abs. <laughs> right. And,
1: and here's the big secret that nobody knows and nobody wants to tell you. Your life is kick-ass. They have not cured death yet. But other than that, you are living in unbelievable wealth Even if you're poor, you're richer than most people that have ever existed on this planet. Even if you're a little bit sick, you have more uh, resources to get better than anybody Mm -hmm. ever has in the whole world. You are kick-ass. In fact, you can be completely obese and overweight. And you have a clear way of getting out of that even. Like, I mean, we have so much time that we can even think about ourselves this much. I mm-hmm. mean, there's so yeah, many things that can you be. you can't fa- market that. Right. You Nobody can't market to that. To somebody. Well,
2: you're fine. Well, that, right. that's, you're doing great. That's a,
1: it's all good. That, I believe that what Toby said is a very healthy thing to uh, add to all this. But, well, I mean, it, we, you and I both know the, the numbers are off the charts of, of kids that have been molested. You know what I'm saying? The numbers are off the charts of kids that are growing up. I don't think that that's true in the whole history of the world. I think p- kids and people are way more molested than they used to be. Now, it's still terrible. Oh, yeah. That's not... It's awful, but all I'm saying is, it's really good right now. We don't need to only, of course there are bad things. Of course no, people have health problems. That. Of course people have depression all that stuff, but what I'm saying is, why would like, like the Joyce Meyer thing, all of her titles are, hey, you're in pain, you're overwhelmed, you're this, this, and this. Listen to this, because here's where God's going to really help you get out of that sadness. Wait a yeah. minute, what about this? Your life's pretty kick-ass, it yep. actually is. You can kind of do whatever you want to do. You can take as much drugs or what do whatever her stuff you want to do. What if that's her message? It's book? not. Oh, it's not. I was listening well, to this. i just <laughs> it's the same as <laughs> I listened to some of these too, Joey. The message is, hey, life is tough, but God's good. And right. he is... And life is tough, but it sure is great, too. Let's talk about how great it is, how kick-ass God gave us this awesome bodies and brains and all this technology and all this amazing stuff. Let's do something with it, not think about what we don't have and how tough
2: it is. I mean, yeah, that's not diminishing Toby's point to say, to be sure, there are horrible things and sin and many, many awful things, But, but... the the sad thing about it is that's politicians again parallel to this they don't tell you yeah I mean this is we're doing pretty good you just you know you have the power to handle your own shit and get better right. they say I will fix this for you I mean it's the whole thing is you want a king and a leader it's a sick way that people are you want answers that are outside of totally. yourself and and you know the only answers outside of yourself duh is Jesus and then everybody wants to get in between that yeah and then other than that you already have what you need I mean you can improve your Economic self and your health. I mean, it is it is good. Things are are yep. good, and you can only. It's easier to sell we, people stuff or get their support when you tell them they're not good and and there's a problem, and you need me to fix it. So that's the scary I mean, we thing. we have about enough it.
1: time to really just think about ourselves and now our sermons are, are reflecting that. Like the literally the mm-hmm. number
2: one thing we think about is
1: ourselves. That's I'm talking about me here. This is about me. How yeah. shitty I am. Right. I am a complainer. I am a worrier. I am uh overweight. I do all kinds of crazy things. What I'm saying is I have all this time because of this day and age I live in is so amazing that I can literally have time to think about myself mm-hmm. and not others and not helping and all this stuff anyway. It just I, I just I that that is one thing I dislike. And then that God is gonna get you something. He's a magic genie in the sky that you're gonna get yours. So that right. kind of bothers me. But moving on, uh Matt, kick the music in a world where you literally, everybody in America is basically richer than anybody has ever been in the history of the world, including, including kings and royalty of the past. You have access to bathrooms all over the place. You have access to running water and food and all kinds of stuff, no matter what your income is. Life's kick-ass. Let's celebrate that a little bit, too, how kick-ass it is. Well, my name is Toby Morell and this is the damn news. Truth hurts sometimes, guys. It hurts me. Mm-hmm. Shit. Truth hurt. It hurt me the other night. Snuck up on me... St- Stunk. Stunk, too. It's stunk. Yeah, it's stunk. Got a little bit of bad news on this first one. Bad news. This guy's... Is it uphill from here? This guy's music is legit. Israel Houghton, you know him? Oh, shit. Yeah, Joey, I'm not... Israel Houghton announces divorce as he failed and sinned in his marriage. Yeah, this Lord. guy is Le- who is it? Israel Houghton. He, he, I don't know Houghton if he's a current worship leader, but he was a worship leader at Joel Osteen's church. Right, he is. Uh, Grammy winner, Israel Houghton, oh, announced huge. the mm-hmm. Grammy Award winner the end of his 20-year marriage to Melissa Houghton, telling Facebook followers, I failed and sinned in my marriage several years ago. I failed and sinned in my marriage, although We tried. The challenges in our relationship have proven too much to overcome. We have always handled our family and ministry with grace and generosity toward others, discretion, and privacy.
0: Hmm. Houghton is a
1: senior worship leader at Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church. He and then-wife Melissa founded New Breed Ministries in 1995. New Breed Ministries is comprised of noted musicians and singers who serve within their respective churches together and serve the church at large. Haughton has won five Grammy Awards, 13 Dove Awards, two Stellar Awards, and a Soul Train Music Award. Haughton says the news might be shocking to some, but many of them, many close to them were aware of the marital troubles. I am in the process of restoration, and I have repented for my actions. Although I am sincerely sorry and forgiven, I soberly realize that I will live in the con- with the consequences of my failings for the rest of my life. As this has become a public matter, I want to apologize to that's an interesting wording, too. As this has become a public matter, not mm-hmm. as I'm coming to you telling you this, it's as it has become a public matter, I want to apologize to the many who have supported my ministry through the years. I'm sorry for the many who will be hurt to learn of my personal failure. I regret any pain or disappointment that this news may cause you. We thank you for your prayers and for allowing us to handle this privately with those who are set over us in this process. The couple mm-hmm. has three children. Just, just well, for a frame of reference, you guys have heard... Uh, People from every nation and tongue, from From generation generation to generation, we worship you. I'm a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me me friend.
2: I'm glad I don't Damn it this. I'm gonna cheat Shit All these sons of bitches Cheat their ass off Damn it Why not I, I, And I keep it private
1: I gotta keep the shit private You can't even ask A motherfucker About the shit Good lord Why in the hell Am I not cheating It doesn't, it doesn't It's worth you. it It's worth it <laughs> 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 Will someone please uh, Draw Nobody. a cartoon and it's, and it's called Toby's Hot Button <laughs> <laughs> and it's called just, Christian divorce. <laughs> all I'm saying is, you worked
2: all this time to not cheat, and even turns out, even if you did, people will leave you alone anyway. If you ask. here's what this <laughs> just ask. Hey, I know I cheated, dog, but don't ask
1: me about that. Just hey, here's here's what this makes me think. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't co- play this comparison game, but I automatically think, oh, Priscilla and I are good. Like neither one of us are close to cheating on each other. I know it's that like, like seriously. I, I I think to myself, we don't have the greatest marriage ever. But we love each other and we're glad that we're married and we are, you know, getting one day mm-hmm. to the next and going out on dates. Like, no, we're, we're doing a pretty good job. But then I hear something like this. I'm like, we're knocking it out of the park. <laughs> like, well, we're not let, even let coming take close a, to cheating on each other.
2: Let's have a different take on that, though, because my immediate impulse was kind of the opposite for the same reason you're saying. And that is, I think in general, my marriage is is good and secure for those very same reasons that you're saying. but. I mean, how long have you been married, Joey? Uh, coming up on fourteen years, baby. Okay, fourteen years. So this guy, this is what I'm very disturbed by: is when people get divorced at twenty years. Now, I love it when people just first six months it falls apart. I go, okay, I don't really love it, but it's that's like a disaster. Well, it's good for your insurance
1: business that you say you. And so
2: when, and yeah, it is. And so when people say, okay. You know, the first, the first year of my marriage, I thought, well, if you get through the first year, that's really good. And then, you know, then people go, oh, dude, seven year, seven year itch, stuff like that. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm at right, seven years and things are still really awesome. When I hear somebody gets divorced at 20 years, yeah. you can you could almost be sure, Joey, is this is what I would suggest to you. I think you might have it wrong in that. I bet you this guy and his wife at possibly year 12, 13, 14, may have looked at each other, gone out on a date the previous weekend and said, man. We've been made. We've, this is great. I, I mean, I see other people getting divorced, and here we are, fourteen years in, and we're still here. So that's still six years away for you. And that, like, they made it through year fourteen, fine. So either nah, I'm not, it don't probably wasn't a, the cheating. Well, you don't know, not sure. that. So what I'm saying is, they they either they've been t- have a horrible marriage and cheating and kept it together for twenty years, or at some time after year fourteen, it went sideways, which is a little bit terrifying because at. Everybody that got divorced probably had previous times when they weren't looking to get divorced where they thought, wow, it's great how we're not getting divorced. Right. So I don't see how, you know what I mean? Like that gives me even more, like you can think it's great. I bet you they thought it was great at year 10 or 12 of their marriage. I didn't, they didn't figure, yeah, in about eight years we'll get divorced. They thought at year 12, hey, this is great. We're super solid. Yeah. So how can that change? Yeah. I and mean, apparently it can. And then at year 20, you and Priscilla can cheat on each other and get divorced without even seeing it coming. I mean, of course, maybe you can see it coming, but maybe it maybe it starts to unravel year 18 for you. It's kind of terrifying to me. Yeah, That's a good point. How could you make it 20 years and then mess up? I have no understanding of right. that. Unless it was 20 horrible years and they finally threw in the towel. That would make me feel better. Right. But if they told me at year 17 it was great and then this happened, that's
1: terrifying. Toby, you typically have a dif-
2: different slant on this.
1: You've, you've actually said to Matt and I before that it is impossible for us to cheat on our wives. There's no way we would do it. And I... And I, I, I get in context what you mean. Physically, I definitely have and probably will, yes, will. Stand by that? No, cheat on my wife mentally or, you know what I mean, like with porn or with right. lustful thoughts or something like that. So I don't really like, I want to make sure that's clear. Physically, not that interested. I think the whole time I'd just be thinking, oh, great, I'm cheating on my wife. This feels good, but it's going to end very soon within three seconds (laughs) it's the the least enjoyable three seconds i'll have so it's just not worth it i would say that the thing that uh, this comes from charisma news too and the the, the other thing about this is it's just it doesn't really it doesn't say anything like charisma is a little bit weird anyway they they have a slant and it's funny because like i was scrolling through some of their other things and like the other stuff that's not involving a Christian, like they'll kind of be crude or mean, like atheist drives word out of God, word of God out of government facility in the name of inclusivity. And like, it just like makes atheist sound like mean, terrible person. But this Israel guy who's on our team, they just go, yeah, he did something. Here it is. And, He's sorry. and if, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, what did this? I mean, seriously, we, this, this, the way I read this article doesn't seem like there's any up, people upset or anything like that. You know what? He tried, but marriages don't work. And that's what I think honestly, a lot of Christians think these days, like, yeah, marriage is tough. It doesn't work out. So that's that. And so, I mean, maybe even people listening. Yeah. You know what? I I mean, I think that's where things are heading. People are going, yeah, marriage, it's hard. And sometimes you just can't. This Israel guy, I mean, he has all these Grammys and everything. Of course, women were throwing themselves at him and he probably just in a weak moment. And who knows, maybe his wife is ugly or maybe his wife's a real biatch or whatever. You know what I mean? Like people really think that kind of thing and let people off the hook. Because they're unhappy in their own marriages. And what's kind of sad is I'm worried that a lot of people are unhappy in their marriages. And they don't know what happiness is. Like, happiness is uh, this ideal, uh, ideologue or whatever, of what what being married in the, you know, movies is like. And we... I think all realize, well, marriage is hard as shit. Sometimes yeah. I don't, uh, you know, I just maybe barely love Jess and not even hardly like her. And the same goes for her towards me. Sure. And so it's not this great, always romantic, amazing thing. It's just like, ugh. well, that's what we have to abandon tough. is, is the, the notion that marriage is for our happiness. I don't believe yeah. that for any, anyway, Mr. Israel, sorry that you're going through that. I know it's yeah. tough, my friend. Let's get in one more news story. We talked about that. This one is serious. This lady I'm about to read about is addicted to something. She's a dick. She's to? addicted, and you and her have the same addiction. No. Huh? What I do you think? Sugar, what baby. do you think it is? Uh, the Holy Spirit's one of them. Nope, it's not that. The Bible. Nope. Uh, loving on people. Nope. Pouring well, into kind people. Of, people. Kind of that loving on people in a in a certain way. Oh, doing it with my wife. No. Masturbation. <laughs> She's addicted to that. It could involve <laughs> masturbation. Ben Archer, roving reporter, our good friend from down under, Ben Archer. <sighs> Texas woman has been labeled as the first official spermaholic.
0: <laughs>
1: I thought it was you, Joy. I swear I thought it was you. I never wanted to say that. I know you have a lot of stuff going on with you. What the I hell is your problem? I didn't want to add that to it, but
2: I've known for a while. Well, Toby, when you cut out sugars. <laughs> when you cut out sugars. <laughs> it's just, he's addicted to protein, man. He's addicted to protein now. There are only three macronutrients, Toby. It's I mean, When you cut out carbs. I,
1: i got to hear this. A 67-year-old woman. (laughs) I've got to have it. Oh, You know, I can do without this story, maybe. 67-year-old woman from Houston, Texas, has uh, been let off prostitution charges after she was deemed by the court to be a spermaholic. The unnamed woman... May just be the first person on the planet to die- be diagnosed with the uh, condition. Apparently, since hitting menopause, uh, the lawyer's client uh, has experienced a an increased craving for sperm. A sixty seven year old woman was caught in the prostitution act when Are police they really using the word used sperm a instead fake, of semen. A fake email to set up a meeting with her. She was then arrested at a motel after she offered to perform oral sex Good on point, three Joy. undercover deputies in exchange for five dollars and a pack of cigarettes. Miss X has already gotten a fairly colorful criminal history, as and uh, having been arrested and caught in sexual acts with her dog in public last year. Oh, so sperm gosh. addiction is a thing? It's actually an eating disorder. Spermaholism. Sperm. Yeah. What do y'all think? This could be fake. I guess I don't. I don't,
2: know. Know. I don't believe it. I think Joey's kind of right on when he says you wouldn't use the term sperm because it's but a component of semen, and it's also absolutely. Ridiculous at this additionally, so junk story, in my opinion, not true at all. Belongs on the onion, not wait, on the wait, damn yeah. true. What and and don't Google it. Wait, 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 okay? wait. You're, you're don't Google it.
1: I mean, a roving reporter <laughs> addicted to sperm, right? Ben Archer sent this to me, though. You can't right. be, I mean, right? Well, you know what? Everybody has their little naive spots. You know, I believe in Nephilim, he right. believes in women that are addicted to sperm, and no, he, be- yeah. You know, I think it's from Mama Mia dot com or something like that. So just so you guys know. Anyway, I uh, I think that this story is true, and I don't think she was let off. I think she just is potentially a prostitute or a lady that just doesn't mind. Potentially a prostitute. She just. I think that she used that as as an excuse. Joey, right. what is your excuse for being an aholic? I'm not <laughs> even going to entertain that. What? How do you know? I don't want to say. I just ask during this time for privacy. (laughs) (laughs) I swear I'm going to use that all the time. I can't wait to use that that now. And if a Christian says it, I'm going to do the list of people that that have done wrong and ask for privacy and they didn't say anything. uh, It it doesn't matter what I do. If somebody asks me anything, hey, do you eat that last piece of cake? Hey, I'm going to ask you to respect respect my privacy this time. Uh just for my family we've always held ourselves in a certain way and done things going about certain things I'm not going to answer that question. Now if it thanks, does I, I get right into public protect, I, I will give up. a sufficient answer but right, right now it's a right. private matter. Right. <laughs> I'll I'll address that if there's photographic evidence or anything other than that please respect my privacy. And and that of my family. Yeah, yeah. Don't
2: I mean think about the kids. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Don't bring my family into this. You you guys are terrible. <laughs> I can't believe you'd bring my family into this when I did something Well, Toby, you fit in uh, Israel Houghton and sperm addictive women in the uh, same, same news broadcast. That's unbelievable. You pulled it off. And I want to thank our BC Club. I also want to tell you guys, man, it we, was good for Paul and Silas. Uh, it was good uh, for Paul and hey, Silas. Are, uh, it was good for Paul and Silas. We're extremely it's backed up on. Me. We're extremely backed up on those initial postcards that are due to you guys. We're with like constipated our John, with them with our John Hancock. So we apologize, but the, those will be going out soon. But some of y'all have been waiting for a really long time. So and bad Christian, we're signing off. Toby, no, okay, we're not signing off. Y'all remember this old song? Ooh, when I get so hungry. Remember this? Little Cricket. Little Cricket, dummy. Spermaholic. Really got the matches. Spermaholic. I want a lesson lunch if for or a sandwich, sandwich or a twinkie or something cold <laughs> to drink. It. Spermaholic. No,
2: you're supposed to say little cricket, cold. Oh, Spermaholic. <laughs> no, You should see
1: Tommy Dad, little dummy. Little cricket all over South Carolina. Woo! <laughs> S- something cold to drinky. Spermaholic. Who when I get so hungry?